GM, GM, everyone, bonjour, guten morgen, dobre utro, la brie. That is basically the way how we do it here in Web3 space in Europe. I'm happy to have everyone on a weekly episode of Origins XYZ. And by the way, that's episode number 28 today on the Web3 show about the origins of the biggest OGs in the space with, you know, this European spirit. We're live every Tuesday, 2 p.m. GMT. And as always, I'm your host, Niki Tsikaluk. Make sure that you share the space with your friends, family, community, because we are live. And guys, if you would only know how much time did it take me to organize this space. This is perhaps one of the most, one of the busiest person in that three space that I know. Benjamin, I'm happy to have you on Origins XYZ. Finally, my man, you are here. GM, GM, once again. Yeah, GM, and thank you for having me on, Nikita, ready for today's space. Absolutely. Benjamin, by the way, is one of my favorite guests because he's one of a few guests with whom I managed to have video interviewed sometime before, and now he's here on Rag Radio. Benjamin is actually the first ever guest with whom I did a live interview for about an hour or two the last time I was in London. And just to give some context to people, the reason I called him perhaps the busiest person I know in that three space is just because Benjamin is jungling both Web2 and Web3 lives at the same time. He's still having school, he's still having his daily duties like swimming, sport, family, but at the same time he's succeeding in Web3 space. And it took me half in a year to make sure that specifically during this week he has a small holiday when I can get him on show and it does not stop him from being active at school or elsewhere. So bam. It's been a while. I haven't seen you for a while, man, but I know that we'll reconnect with you very soon. Today, I want you to have as much fun as possible on this show by showcasing to people that Web3 space is not about your background. It's not about your age. It's not about having a lot of money. It's about everyone having equal rights and all you need to have is desire to learn, desire to innovate, desire to be in this space. Because I do believe that you are a true phenomenon about which I want to talk in today's show. How does it sound to you, my man? Yeah, sounds good. Um, once again, um, I just want to uh, reiterate how it's really great how you mentioned how Web3 is so diverse. It doesn't matter from your age, how much money you're here where you come from everyone's welcome in web3 and happy to you know really be a harbinger and show and be an example to people that anyone can do it so happy for today's show nikita exactly my man exactly i know you ben as a very versatile person i know you as a good friend in real life i know you as a guy who is fascinated by technology, by innovation, I know you as a developer and creator in Web3 space. But today, the show is not about me knowing you, but about you telling the audience 
who is Ban and why Ban is in Web3 space. So I would love to start this conversation today by just giving some thoughts to people. What has been your journey till this very moment that you are right now here on Origins XYZ? What have you been doing in Web3 space? And perhaps the way how we can start this journey recap is by asking you the following question. What was the first time you learned about Web3 space, about blockchain and decentralization? Yeah, that's a great question. And I'm going to take everyone back to the exact start of my journey when I first began coding. So when I was about five and my brother was six, my dad would often come home and he was a software developer and he would bring out his laptop and start coding. And that obviously put a lot of curiosity both in me and my brother. We wanted to know what our dad was doing all day, all night. This was his love. This was his passion. And he noticed our interest and he got us set up on a few laptops when we started coding, originally just as a small experience, but eventually it lasted out into a whole regime. We now do one coding challenge every day. And we continue to do that to this day. In terms of when I heard um, heard of the word Web3 or Bitcoin or Ethereum, I can't exactly remember. It's like I can't remember when I first heard of the word of the word Lego, but it's something that's always been with me from the start as my dad's best friend. He's been into Bitcoin for a very long time. He organized one of the first Bitcoin meetups in Europe. And he's a big pioneer in this space. He's had a lot of influence over me. And there's this interesting story I like to tell about this friend of my dad. He told all of his friends to go to Bitcoin, go to the website and just buy a load of Bitcoin. And he forced it down upon all of his friends. And 13 people around this one man became millionaires. And I just find that as an amazing story as I also earned a lot of money because of him and I've made a name for myself because of him. So he had a big influence on me as well. Fast forward a few years when I started my coding journey, I heard of Web3 from my dad's friend, from my dad, and I just decided to go ahead, experiment within the spaces. It sounded really interesting and it just happened that I happened to be successful and now I'm here today to talk about my story. Absolutely love it. It seems like, and that's not something new for me. I have heard this story for a couple of times, but once again, I just want to showcase how unique the fact that you started your journey at the age of, what, 12, 13, back then, the fact that you were, and you are still a student, a guy who still has interests like sports. Uh, and I just pinned the live interviews that we had with you back in the London, after which we had uh, this amazing Call of Duty uh, PS4 experience, like playing with your peers, enjoying games, enjoying movies. You are still in this age, you are still in this mode. But at the same time, you have this passion for something new, something that. A couple of million people only understand, and it started at the age of 12. So I want to talk with you also about the importance of starting early. You said that one of the way how you started learning about Web3 by being present around your dad, by actually being curious about what does this stuff that he's sharing with his peers and with his colleagues mean, and one of the ways that help you to understand 
specifics of blockchain uh, is coding. What else have you been doing from the start to make sure that you are this excellence in Web3, that you actually understand the space? Because I know that you even started tweeting pretty early in your age, and I know that your account has been banned a couple of times just because of the fact that you're not 18, just because of the fact that you're talking about serious stuff while you were young, yada, yada, yada. So what were some of the activities you were taking early in your journey to learn about the web series? Yeah, thank you for the question, Nikita. And I'd just like to start off by saying that I'm in a very fortunate position. It's a sad reality that not everyone has a father figure and an influential person to look up to. And obviously that had a very big impact on me joining the space. But what I would like to preach to everyone is always have first principle thinking. Now, this is something that Elon Musk preaches about and a lot of other big billionaires preach about and always look at something from the bottom up. Bottom up. So start from the bottom and think, what do I know is true and slowly build up? So a lot of people, when they look at Web3 and they look at crypto, they instantly just start hating on the space and throwing out all these buzzwords against crypto and Web3 because they've heard other people talk about it. But if you enter with an open mind, start researching for yourself and start learning things about the space, it can really have an impact on the way you see the space and how it will grow over the next five to 10 years. And I know that, as you already mentioned, your father, your family in general, has been having very strong impact on what you do for this space, like having support from your family, having your brother, who is basically almost the same age as you, and challenging each other in a friendly way, making sure that you grow day after day in terms of coding, in terms of understanding the space. I do believe that's something that pushes your limits further. Nevertheless, at the end of the day, you have your life duties. I mean, you have your school. I know that you swim at a very high level. I know that you are interested about other stuff like gaming, stuff like uh, 3D printers. I remember how joyful you were when you got this 3D printer and been playing around with that. I know that you are fascinating about a lot of stuff and trying to be equally active at everything. I do believe that's something that might disturb you. So the question that I have for you, and that's actually something that I ask you every month in a year when we meet in person for some big interview or big discussion, how do you make sure that you stay focused with your Web3 life while not disturbing your traditional life with your family, with your school studies, etc.? Yeah, so ever since I made all this money, made a name for myself in the crypto and NFT space, a lot of people have told me, why do you still need to go to school? And it still fascinates me that they asked me this question because I believe school is very important, not only for the educational aspect, but all the friends you make along the way. I plan on going to school. I plan on to keep educating and learning throughout the rest of my life. I hope to go to university. So obviously I put school at a very high position in my mind and how I treat and you know respect I need to go to school. Um. In terms of how I balance all of this, I 
usually come home from school, do my schoolwork, and then donate a few hours in the evening to get back into the Web3 and crypto space, to hop onto Twitter, hop onto Discord and engage with my community. And a, a great feature of Twitter is that you can schedule tweets. So usually on the weekend, I'll try to think of a few good tweet ideas and then schedule them throughout the week. Even though I'm at school, they'll tweet when I'm at school. So that's quite a cool feature. I know talking about you learning about that Twitter space, the way how I learned about you is through Twitter space, basically where we're having the conversation right now. Shout out to Pio and Nick from Nifty Portal because that is the exact one of the first educational platforms on Twitter uh, where you could learn about Web3. And I do believe, just like me, you've been hanging around, you've been chatting with people, you've been listening to daily, weekly market reports, etc. And that's the way how I learn about you. You being at the age of 13 and talking about one of your projects when this is perhaps one of the funniest stories that I've, I've ever heard in this space, but the guys didn't believe that Ben is 13 years old because he was talking about serious stuff in terms of coding, in terms of selling his uh, word whale collection, which is actually in the chat right now. And guys were asking him very complicated questions because those guys are sophisticated. Those guys are building project after project in Web3 space. And Benjamin set the context at the beginning that he is only 13 years old. He has a school tomorrow. He still has some home tasks to do, but he has this 15 minutes to talk about the project. And the quality of his answers made them challenge him because they saw that he's using some kind of voice changer whatsoever. So till the very end of the show, no one believed Ben. But right after the show, the word, the word, word whales collection was sold out. Everyone started learning about Ben. I do believe this is one of those boom effects, boom moments when people actually learn about your art, about your collection, and about yourself. How do you choose those communities, those spaces to be a part of back in the days when you were just getting started? So when I was just getting started, I obviously needed to learn about the space even more. So when I was joining communities, I mainly joined them for the educational aspect. But there were a few exceptions. For example, I think the first NFT I minted, I still remember minting it to this day. It was um, an untamed elephant's NFT. And I minted that solely for the charitable aspect. So again, there are different reasons why I might join a community. But back in the day, it was mainly for the educational aspect and really learning and learning more about the space and how I can get more involved. And also talking about this educational aspect, I do believe what is the strongest side of yours when it comes to content creation is statistics and analytics. And I do believe that the fact that you have been presenting on some of the biggest stages globally, like Oxford University, which we're going to talk in a couple of moments, specifically with presentations about how data usage and data analysis can help you to navigate through this Web3 boom, that shows how fascinated are you about this specific topic and 
how smart are you in terms of data analysis and data usage for your journey in Web3 space? Can we talk a bit about it as well? Is it something that comes from your dad? Because I know that your dad works a lot with data, a lot with coding. Or this is something that you believe is very fundamental of Web3, trying to figure out what is going to be the next tent, trying to figure out where all the smart money are going, etc. Because if people go to your if people go to your Twitter account right now, they will see that 95% of all your content it's data-driven, data-centric content. So I do believe it's very important to set the context here. Why? Yeah, that's a good question. And um, one of the main reasons I'm bullish on this NFT and Web3 space is because of what you've just mentioned. This data and this this data and all this information that we can harness from the blockchain. Unlike the stock market, today I wouldn't be able to see what um, Warren Buffett is buying. I wouldn't be able to look into the individual aspects of what everyone's buying. I can, you know, see the overall information, but I wouldn't be able to go in deeper. However, with the crypto space, even something as simple as Etherscan, I can go in, check a transaction, see how much gas was paid for that transaction, see who it was from, see which whales are buying. And NFT Go is a great platform that I use. I spoke about it at one of the conferences in London, and that just shows all this array of information that you can get hold of on the blockchain. And this transparency is what really interests me about Web3 and crypto. Without going really deep into data analysis question and figuring out what are the trends, because I want to leave the end of the show for this deeper question, what is some of the stats about the whole Web3 space, perhaps more specific about NFTs, since I know that this is your main interest. What is the main stats that make you bullish right now? Should we look at the number of new wallets entering the space in the last couple of quarters? Should we look at the total volume that is kind of going up in the last couple of months, or there is something else that makes you bullish right now on the whole market in terms of long-term perspective? So when I was searching through NFT Go, an analytics platform, the stat that really clicked in my mind was the one that showed the different categories of NFTs. So we've got profile pictures, one-on-ones, photography, etc. And currently, profile pictures are dominating the NFT market. They've got the highest percentage of the amount of NFTs. And I just see that as so interesting because the opportunities for NFTs are beyond profile pictures. In five to 10 years, everything from house certificates to um, even at school when you're awarded like a merit or a house point or whatever you call it, everything will move to NFT rails. And currently, just that small sector of PFPs dominating right now will change massively over the next five to ten years. What are some of the industries, I mean, types of NFTs, not industries, that you are most fascinating about? Because the last time we had the discussion with you back in London, and it was November of 2022, 
we're focusing a lot on utility-based NFT, something that grants you in real life experience, in real life access. And at the same time, we were touching upon just a bit a topic of art NFT, specifically talking about uh, Chrome Squeals, for example. What are you most bullish on right now? Have you also started collecting photography NFTs or you have your own thesis regarding the whole component, the whole idea behind NFTs, how it should look like? What I'm very bullish on at the moment is gaming assets and how they interlock with NFTs. So we've seen this with other sides. Um, I've attended their first and second trips. And I find it fascinating how you can just plug in your cool cat into the game. You can plug in your me bit and your crypto punk and how you can log in into this like virtual experience, which what I find is the other side is just as good as any game I've played before. They just need to focus more on how they can get more users in and how they can have a lower price entry. But I really think they're smashing it at other side. And I'm very excited for that game. Okay. I do believe that it's important once again to highlight to people that perhaps the reason you're so much excited about other side and about gaming NFTs because you're really big on gaming in general. You play games yourself, you enjoy talking about games, you enjoy learning about games from this coding, from this graphic design standoff point. And I feel you, I have the same passion uh, coming from movies, coming from some of the biggest gaming uh, releases that happened in the last couple of years. Since you touched the topic of gaming NFTs, do you believe that we're here already? Do you believe that gaming NFTs is the next big boom that is going to happen? So before that, we have PFPs. Clearly right now, we're focusing on photography something that is dominating the whole market do you think that the gaming nfts is the next big boom or it's still uh too early to have this bold statement like this i personally think it's too early so among the big collections like other side the graphics are great i'm not going to argue against that but the reality is is that the majority of games currently that involve the blockchain and tokens they're mainly built for the aspect of farming coins and making money, which I personally think shouldn't be the main app, like focus of these games. It should be more of the usability and the experience with the user. For example, a game like Assassin's Creed, even though you don't make any money off it or any tokens, you would love playing it for a few hours because of how fun it is. Whereas some of these games, you play them, they're not really that fun. You're just sitting there trying to harvest these different coins and I just think there's a long way to go. What are some of your gaming NFTs that you can unleash to us right now? Because I know that your portfolio is pretty versatile in terms of different NFT types. You have PFTP NFTs, you have NFTs that represent your identity through game or through some... Metaland, you have utility-based BFPs, and actually, I should say that you're not only one of the busiest people I know in Web3 space, but you're also one of the luckiest one. and here I'm specifically referring to other sites. I know that you got a couple of 
rare land pieces back in the day. So can we talk a bit about your portfolio of NFTs? So I know I've mentioned them a lot already, but I do have two other sides and I'm very lucky I managed to pull a coda and I plan on hopefully hodling that. Um, in terms of other NFTs, I've got a cool cat that unfortunately uh, over the past few months, they their price has been declining and they have lost their, their massive hold of the NFT market that they used to have, but hopefully they managed to regain the community they once had. Um, I'm a holder of Amoebits, which is quite interesting. Obviously, I've got to have my weird wells in there. Um, I'm going to hold them for the rest of my life and hopefully pass them down to my kids when they get a crypto wallet. So I've got quite a diverse collection. Do you want to talk about anything specific apart from other seed? Obviously, you're a big Yuga fan before we move forward. I know that Cool Cats is something that you got as a present on your birthday back in the days. And I know that that is something that you have been waiting for a while. You wanted to join this community. Didn't you feel in a certain way upset after seeing all this market conditions after joining the community? Because, and I will explain why I'm asking this question. Back in the days when I was just starting my journey, and most probably this is the same feeling for almost everyone here in the audience, I wanted to be a member of all the biggest communities. Obviously, you want to hang out with cool people. Obviously, you want to have some of those biggest collections. You want to associate yourself with their success, with their community, with their environment. But after joining a couple of hyped communities, expansive communities, popular communities back in the days, sometimes I got upset in terms that nothing cool is happening there apart from like private Discord, which sometimes, especially during bear market, is even dead, and a part of some airdrops that happen and nothing else is promised later on, nothing cool is happening. So the reason I'm asking you you mentioned some of the biggest collections out there. And apart from Yuga, everything that Yuga Labs own right now, and maybe a few more NFT collections, mainly around art and photography, as we clarified before, all NFTs are seeing downgrade two, three, even five times in terms of their price. And the same goes to their activity, activity of their team members, of their communities, the same goes around their popularity. You can compare NFT NYC this year and NFT NYC a couple of years ago in terms of demand for NFTs, merchandise, side events. The market is clearly down. And the same goes to all of these collections, all of these brands. So don't you get upset when you join some of these big communities and you feel that, wow, nothing actually is happening. I paid this one ease or five ease or ten ease for joining some hype collection. The price is already down. Nothing else is happening. And I don't know why I joined it. Have you ever felt something like this? Yes, I do totally agree with you. It, it sometimes can be really upsetting when you've like donate, like not donated, but you've bought into this community hoping that all of this will like do really well and succeed and that 
next year there'll be a big event at NFT NYC, but it really just didn't end up in that way. But when I go and buy NFTs, I usually buy NFTs on the basis of if this went to zero, would I be happy with what I've lost? Not happy, but would I be okay with what I've lost? And that's usually on what basis I go. So even if they go to zero, I've still, you know, learned a lot more about the space, joined their community and made lots of new friends along the way. So at least we can see it in a positive light. Yeah, most probably you wouldn't be happy of losing a couple of uh, ace value of your collection, but at least, as you clarified it, you'd be okay knowing that if something happens, and most probably if this collection goes to zero, there are some crazy conditions under the market, some black swan uh, event or whatsoever, you'll be okay with losing this money. That makes total sense. Since you said that you are picking your collections you're picking the nfts you want to associate yourself with communities you want to be a part of what is the most important aspect for this whole vision for the project is it the way how they will make money and instead of just being a hyped web3 born companies that will die or even smaller communities that will die in a couple of years they make sure that they have a sustainable business model and they grow in this space or maybe that's something just to have fun as you mentioned nft nyc events and having this feeling of being an important part of this community what is the thing that makes you want to be a part of this brand a part of this nft so when I join a collection, what I hope for is that um, I've got a lot of friends. They're not into crypto or Web3. And what I would find really cool personally is that if I joined one of these collections and in a few months, suddenly my friends were talking about it, even though they don't know anything about the NFT or crypto space. And that's when I would feel that this collection truly has mass adoption because they've got all my non-native Web3 friends talking about it. Do you put the goal of making money and having some access from this collection, from this NFT drop or whatsoever, as one of your goals or you're this long-term holder who just enjoys the journey and does not care that much about making a couple of access from this collection and maybe later on buying it back or whatsoever what is your strategy out there are you just holding long term or you are also making some moves in terms of buying and selling nfts i think it's a mixture it depends on the nft i'm buying um I, I really want to get into the cryptopunks community but the prices are still a bit hefty even though they've gone down from their all-time high and if i did buy a cryptopunk that would probably be more of a 10-year hold rather than a quick flip in a few months but there are some NFTs that if I do buy them and maybe next month they've gone up two ETH in floor price, I would consider maybe selling them. I bet you want to be a part of CryptoPunks community who don't want to be, come on, man. But yeah, yeah one day, hopefully one day, have you made any bold moves recently in the market? Because the last time we chatted with you, you weren't buying anything and you were not planning to buy anything new. So have you made any 
moves in the last half of a year where you've been patiently witnessing what is happening on the market? To be honest, I've just been patiently witnessing the market, just on the sidelines, carrying on educating myself about the space, just really just trying to get involved with the whole space overall. And I haven't been focusing too much on prices as it's really not good for anyone's mental health to be constantly focusing on the prices. So I've I've been involved in the positive aspects of what Web3 can deliver and happy to see the space grow out within the next few years. I love it. I absolutely love it. I want to take a step back just to forget about NFTs and all price movement for a moment and talk about completely different side of the Web3 space. You being this role model for, let's call them youngster, and I would even say the rest of the Web3 space, people of my age, people older, people who are looking at you and asking, how old are you and how on earth are you standing on the main stage in front of hundreds of people and talking about some of the most complicated stuff in this space. This is something that makes me actually very proud as your friend. And this is something that I know your family is proud of you as well. So let's talk about you being this role model for different generations, whether it's a beginner in Web3 space or even advanced users, and let's start the conversation about you being on stages. One of the latest tweets that you had on Twitter was about blind talks at NFC. And the reason I want to start with this is simply because NFC starts exactly in seven days from now. I know that a lot of wonderful speakers will be there. I know that a lot of wonderful communities, Rag Radio, NFT Now, uh, the whole Punk 6529 gang will be there. And one of the best things that will happen there, which was your tweet about actually, is blind talks. Something where anons of this space, people who don't want to unleash their identity and want to stay mysterious, want to stay true to themselves, can talk to the audience without unleashing their voice, without unleashing their visual appearance, etc. You have chosen to be a doxed persona. You have chosen to be this public persona since day number one. And we've been chatting with you about why, how, etc. That's not the question today. I want to ask you, how do you feel yourself so damn comfortable on stage? What, what's the key to success? Are you just enjoying the moment? Are you preparing like crazy? Are you not thinking about consequences if something goes wrong? Or what's the key to your confidence on stage? Yes, it's a good question. And the way I like to put it is, if, if I'm about to do a talk, it's not going to benefit anyone if I'm just sitting there thinking, oh, what if I say this wrong? What if I pronounce this word wrong? You just have to go in there, believe in yourself and hope that you do well. And with me, I'm going to be honest, everyone has nerves when they're about to speak on the stage in front of hundreds of people. But when I find that when I go on stage and start talking, I kind of just get into the flow of things. And by the end of the talk, I'm so hyped. I just want to keep on talking. So you've just got to have that confidence in yourself from the start. 
having this hype inside yourself that you are on the main stage, people are looking on you, you're enjoying the moment, you're educating them. Perhaps that's also something that keeps me rolling and rolling and rolling stage after stage. So I absolutely appreciate you sharing this alpha with all of us. The summer is about to start. And I know that with the start of NFC Lisbon, there will be a lot of conferences all around Europe. Do you have any plans to travel during the summer season specifically for Web3 educational purposes to come to some of the conferences to speak somewhere, to connect with different communities. What are your plans for summer? So like I've stressed before, during the summer, I'm going to keep on learning about the space. And in terms of conferences, I guess we'll just see during the summer holidays. And I'd love to meet you guys, but it just depends on my schedule. I've, I've got a lot of things going, as you can imagine. Um, and I just want to keep on getting involved in the space, to be honest. We have a very busy guy out here, guys. I'll remind you. <laughs> Love it, Ben. I want to dive a bit deeper into the topics in the, the topic of trends in Web3 space. We have covered today the topic of photography and uh, you analyzing data stats, showcasing that photography is here to stay. Photography is booming this market right now. What is your take on crypto art, generative art, AI art, something that is created with some additional tools, additional technology, and is sold on the blockchain. Are you a supporter of crypto art yourself? Are you a person who wants to learn about it? Or maybe you are even a collector? Um, uh, yeah, I'm 100% definitely a supporter of crypto art and AI art. Personally, I don't know much about it, but I've always wanted to really dig deep into it and get to understand it and know it a bit better. So that would definitely be on my list of things to do in the summer holidays. Seems like you're going to have even busier holidays than I thought before. Hope you're going to find some time to meet to chat with me and meet me in person when I'm back in London. Other than that, I want to talk about the future of NFTs. We have covered today the topic of state, current state of NFTs and what were some of these cyclical booms, cyclical runs that NFTs had before around PFPs, around utility-based NFTs. Gaming is not there yet, but is about to join the space as well. What are your predictions for NFTs, let's say, for the next five years? What do you want to see from the NFT space and how close to this ideal case scenario do you think the space will come in this short period of time? So what I'm hoping from the NFT space is for it to truly reach mass adoption. And I don't think it's a short-term job. It would definitely take years of building of infrastructure because right now for people to get involved is very clunky um for example people in my year in my school they can't get involved in the space because first it's quite high entry point and secondly all of this wallets and metamask and your seed phrase it's a clunky user experience and i just think that that's something that with time we'll eventually be able to 
have tools and infrastru- infrastructure built for people to easily access Web3. It's the same like the internet in the 1990s. At start, it was very clunky, hard to even just something as simple as going on a website seemed hard. But now we've got all this data and this infrastructure that's been built like Facebook and Twitter. And I think the same will hopefully play out with NFTs and Web3. In this case, can you elaborate a bit more about what are specific tools you are waiting for? Is it ticketing system? Is it the more efficient ownership authorization? Or is it something else that you, as a 14-year-old, are fascinated about? So in, t- in terms of tools, like you just mentioned, I think ticketing is a very big um, use case for NFTs. Because once you've, because like you can transfer the tickets originally, you can buy them just like how you buy an NFT from minting it. And what NFTs introduce is a new secondary market that you don't really get with traditional ticketing apps. So I'm definitely bullish for ticketing. Um, I think there's still a long way to go with wallets. We do have good wallet infrastructures right now, but I think there's a lot we can do with it in the future. I love it. It seems like the future is bright in one way or another. The question is when this bright future comes. I want to end today's show by giving you the floor to unleash some of the most interesting stats and data that you have been recently studying or going through in order to understand What is the current state of the Web3 space and what the future holds? I know that almost all of your presentations, as we mentioned it before, all of your presentations on the biggest conference stages are about the usage of data. I know that data, statistics, analysis, this plays one of the most crucial part of your life. You're looking at things, not through the lens of how cool it looks or what I'm going to do it with it right now. You're looking on it through the lens of numbers, stats, how it will be used in years from now and what can be the end result. So I want to ask you to share with us some of the most interesting stats and numbers that we as Web3 users coming from different background should be aware right now should be using already right now to understand how big is the Web3 space? What are the current trades? What should we look at? Teach us, Ben. Share with us some of the stats. Uh, yes, thank you for giving me the floor, Nikita. And I'd like to ask you, how many of your friends, obviously apart from the Web3 space, are involved in NFTs? Question for you, Nikita. Wow, apart from Web3 space, I would say that there may be about 15, maybe even less people who have ever traded NFTs, but those are the people who are originally coming with the interest into crypto, whether it's Dogecoin, whether it's any other meme coin that was booming there, and people thought that, hey, through Revolut or any other financial apps, I can make some money. So why don't I try my luck and my knowledge also through NFT space? So I would say it's even less than 15 people not coming from Web3 space. Yes, that's very few. 
all your friends use the internet, all your friends use a mobile phone. And I think in the future, everyone will have access to an NFT. Right now, there are only currently about a hundred, like a few hundred thousands of um, NFT wallets that are active within this space. And if we really need to truly build that mass adoption, it should be billions of people with active wallets. Currently, the space is only worth um, billions of dollars. I think it should be worth trillions of dollars. And in order to reach that goal, we need to build more infrastructure and we need to really work together within the space to have a positive future for everyone. Can you elaborate a bit more on this? Why do you think that it's billion or even trillion dollar industry? And what is your prediction? When can we see these numbers and how we can see these numbers? Are they coming from this viral NFT collections that are booming the same week when they are going to zero? Or this is coming from something more sustainable? And in this case, what does it mean to have something more sustainable, which will also be decentralized, which will also be true to what we have been promoting in the last couple of years in terms of being transparent in terms of being efficient in terms of being on the blockchain yes so i think last time i checked it might even be less now the market cap for all of the nfts is about 10 billion it's probably even less now compare that to tesco which is like the supermarket we have here in the uk the market cap of tesco is 20 billion that just goes to show that a whole class a whole new revolutionizing class is less than the supermarket that comparison alone shows how much more we have to grow in the space and like i like i said before i just think it's an, an infrastructure problem we don't have enough apps built that can really bring this mass adoption uh, especially looking at my generation um as you know we're all interested in gaming and currently so far there are no games that really offer that true web3 nft experience along with that usability and that fun aspect of playing a game so I think we can hopefully see this mass adoption in five to 10 years. Talking about mass adoption, I do strongly believe that any new technology, any new innovation should start its journey of mass adoption through the younger generation. When we're talking about laptops, when we're talking about gaming industries, when we're talking about some AR, VR, technologies, they often go through the lens of younger generation, creating some interesting experience for kids to play, for kids to want to be a part of. It shouldn't be just for this older generation. It should be for both. But as the history shows, usually the younger generation is the one to faster adopt it. Here I'm specifically talking about Gen Z. I'm talking about millennials. What do you think should be some of those things that will connect, let's say, this daily tools and techniques, as you said, like ticketing system uh, that we use on a daily basis with Web3-centric tools and trends? I'm talking about NFTs. I'm talking about digital experience, metaverse. Seems like it has been a very strong buzzword lately with all this meta chaos going around how to make sure that 
Slab 3 adoption is going well, is going in a sustainable and efficient way without actually forgetting that it all started with this smaller NFT collections, PFPs. Do you think there is a way to connect both or do you think that the future of Web3 will be more mature, let's put it this way, not viral PFPs, not viral NFT collections, but something that perhaps less people will be hyped about, but more people will start using because it is user-friendly and it is for your daily life. I think Web3 is for everyone, all ages, wherever you come from, wherever, like, it's for everyone, Web3. I just think that we need to somehow try to integrate Web3 into everything. Um, decentralizing Twitter, for example. Um, ticketing, like you mentioned. Gaming. All of this, if we start integrating crypto and Web3 slowly, that can lead to a positive mass adoption where people start using crypto and NFTs and Web3 without even knowing it. So I think that's when we can see a healthy adoption for the space. Perhaps the last question that I want to ask you today, and this is one of my favorite ones, just to make sure that I stay up to date with younger generation, with the way how you perceive things, with the way how you consider Web3 being this massive tool. Give us some insights of what your peers think about Web3. Do, you, do they know what are NFTs? Do they know what is crypto? And uh, is there anything that is happening already at that early age in terms of gaming, in terms of some educational videos, materials, or maybe even some materials at school that kids of your age introduce themselves to the whole Web3 movement? I think for my generation, um, a lot of my peers, they're not interested in the space. And if you start talking them, to them about NFTs, they'll bring out the, oh, you can just take a screenshot argument and you can copy and paste it. So I think it's 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 more of um, an educating problem. We don't have, um, like, we don't have ways to educate um, my generation about Web3 tools yet because they, they clearly don't understand how there's more to just right-click and saving. There's a whole blockchain behind it, et cetera, et cetera. So I think it's really a problem about how we educate our youth and we need to introduce more initiatives to schools to teach them more about this space. And that actually leads on to a project that I'm helping out with called Work in Fintech. Um, we've parked it up currently, but we hope to um, continue with it. And the main aim of Work in Fintech was to educate children about the space. So... That's something I'm very passionate about. I should say that I'm truly proud to call you my friend because hearing from you at the age of 14 and you've been, I guess you just turned out 13 when we connected with you, learning about your journey and seeing how your mindset, how your way of thinking about this space from playing around and seeing how things work out to being more mature in terms of, hey, here's my thesis, 
here what needs to be done in the next five to 10 years. And I'm here to help you. I'm here to educate you. I'm really proud to call you my friend. I'm really proud to see your progress, your growth in this journey. And the fact that your generation is not getting it is nothing new to me. The majority of my generation, the generation older is not getting it. Like the world is not there yet. But because of people like you who started that early, people who can see it through lands of different generations, lands of different backgrounds, different interests, that's how we'll make sure that this adoption happens efficiently and happens in the right way. So that people start learning about Web3, not just from the standpoint of hype and how to make more money, but from the standpoint how to integrate it in your daily life. And that's exactly what you are doing here right now at the age of 14. So Benjamin, it's been a real pleasure for me to have you on the show today. As we mentioned before, it's been half a year in making and uh, I got really inspired. Not going to lie. I got really inspired and motivated after having this chat with you. You, man, are crushing it. You are absolutely amazing. Uh, thank you very much, Nikita. And, you know, I'm very happy to call you my friend as well. And I hope we can continue exploring opportunities within the crypto and NFT space. Thank you so much for having me on today. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. Absolutely. Absolutely, my man. Thank you very much for being with us. I want to thank the audience for listening to us. You are amazing people. As always, Origins XYZ is coming back next Tuesday, 2 p.m. GMT, GMT on Tuesday, as I already said. But next week, we're going to have something very spicy because we're coming live to... NFC Lisbon, where I'm going to have a lot of friends, a lot of amazing speakers, builders, designers, artists joining me. It's going to be a massive one, which you don't want to miss. For you, Ben, I want to say once again, thank you. And I know, man, that we're going to reconnect very, very soon. Because summer is just about to start. I have big plans to come and visit you in London. We stay in touch. We keep building, we keep supporting each other because that's how we do in this space. Thank you very much, everyone, for being with us here today. And I see you in the metaverse. Thank you. Bye.